0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.
1: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington.
4: Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Ooh, lady, I- buckle up sweet cheeks
5: that's all we need
4: we've got all the experience in the world
6: this
7: is i
6: want your flex with dan buyer and mike harman mike and dan break down everything you need to set your lineups from position rankings to starts and sits the guys help you make those hard decisions and now let's get your flex on here's dan buyer and mike harman
7: it is I Want Your Flex. I'm Dan Beyer. That's Mike Harmon. That's Ryan Bershinger, our executive producer. Hit Harmon up at Swollen Dome. You can find me at Dan Beyer on Fox. You can find Ryan at Ryan Bershinger. That's actually just Harmon's chair for right now. He's going to be here in a little bit. At the time of this recording, he's wrapping up his show that he does weeknights at Fox Sports Radio with Jason Smith. So Bershinger and I have got you covered. I know when you're listening to this, it's a Tuesday morning and maybe the Monday night game is fresh in people's mind, but we're going to start things on Sunday. And I do think that the the story fantasy wise, there are a lot of different stories fantasy wise, but you just can't ignore the performance of Christian McCaffrey Birch. The uh, the, the crazy there's two crazy things about Christian McCaffrey. And if you have him in fantasy, my goodness, are you reaping the benefits? Number actually, three things. Number one, The consistency of the output that he has uh, continued to put out game after game after game. I think they put a stat up. It's his uh, 49th straight game with a touchdown for the 49ers, even though he's (laughs) only played in like 12 of them. I mean, it's it's, it's absurd on how much, uh, how consistent he's been. Number two, how healthy he's been. But also then in a scenario where you have so many mouths that you can seemingly feed, he still gets consistently fed with touchdowns, receptions and all of that. It is a it is a marvel that if you have Christian McCaffrey, it is such it is such a luxury that everybody else in your league has no idea how good you actually have it.
0: It, it really is incredible to watch and this is kind of what we we all figured was going to happen and it's really what should happen when when a coach like Kyle Shanahan acquires this fun toy like Christian McCaffrey you think well he's going to use him in a way that's going to be so advantageous for fantasy managers and we're so used to that like not actually happening I, I feel like a, a lot of times when guys land in new places especially via trade we all get really excited for the Potential output, or maybe it's you know through free agent. Well, no, it was through trade. uh Darren Waller. Uh, we all get really <laughs> excited about the possibility, uh, and we hear uh, the the way in which they intend to use them. When you have Christian McCaffrey, who is the best both uh, run and pass catching running back in the game, uh, put into an offense that is designed to move the ball in an incredibly efficient rate. Um, yeah, this this is what you wanted to happen this is what you figured would happen this is why he was going either one or two in your fantasy drafts um just it's it's incredible to watch it is great to see with you know all the different varying outputs that we've gotten from first round picks this season it's great to see McCaffrey and Justin Jefferson Uh, really paying off so incredibly well at the top and yeah as you mentioned Dan when we're talking about the Niners offense specifically this last week and in the way that feeding McCaffrey caused them to feed other mouths less Um, as somebody who had Debo Samuel on a team and uh, fortunately for me didn't hurt my team I was still fine but um, it would have been a great situation where, like, maybe you just uh, you just just let him take the week off, right? <laughs> it was it was a it was a question of his health coming into the game. They go ahead and let him play. Ironically, the only way he got the ball was by running it. Um, so, yeah, this is the the drawback that we feared with other parts of the Niners' offense is maybe they're going to give McCaffrey the ball too much but i kind of figure that especially with debo that's something specific with his health coming into that game because he had just had a great game the week before that so i'm not too concerned with debo there but definitely with other pieces you kind of were hoping for a big game from george kittle here because of debo's injury and that didn't happen so um it is interesting to see what this means for other parts of the niners offense.
7: yeah i i am i am concerned with kittle There's going to be a game where he plays, and you're like, oh, there he is. And when you're you're watching the 49ers, they do only get the ball to Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, or McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. Like, truly, I had to play in a guillotine league in week three and played Jawan Jennings (laughs) because I thought, hey, Debo's out. I know they don't play the same position, but there's going to be more. Targets. They threw like they threw like three balls to him. Yeah. But really, when you watch and you watched him on Sunday against Arizona, Brandon Ayuk had, you know, a really nice game, hundred and forty yards, I believe, on, on six receptions, bunch of big plays. And when McCaffrey is doing that, those big plays are available. But in saying that, as you said, Debo has a nice game, but I think the 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 shine on Debo was pre Christian McCaffrey coming to San Francisco. Right. It's it is very much Kevin Durant goes to Golden State, who takes the hit. Christian McCaffrey goes to San Francisco. Who's the one that truly takes the hit? It is Debo. It's actually helped Ayuk mm-hmm. in in a way. It may be Brock Purdy has helped him in a way, but the the point too is is on in watching the game on Sunday with Arizona, Arizona kept it competitive. So the 49ers still had to continue to do what they do. It wasn't It wasn't like burst, like the Dolphins just running away with the Broncos and the Broncos not tackling. Mm-hmm. It was San Francisco continuing to get the play that they wanted to play because Arizona was still just kind of hanging around. And the frustrating part about it is if you don't have Christian McCaffrey or you're going up against him is, again, they just didn't spread the wealth. And then when they got to the one-yard line, you you were just thankful that he didn't get his fifth touchdown, when Brock Purdy just ended up taking a quarterback <laughs> sneak. But it is an interesting spot in uh, in fantasy, and even you know even a, even a guy like Brock Purdy, um, you know, I, I think does have some value. Mm-hmm. But I do think that with the success of McCaffrey, and again, it's amazing that he's staying healthy. And I'm glad I I don't want anybody to get hurt. You don't want right. anybody to get injured. You know, so so I'm glad that he has stayed healthy. But you're always worried about that. Uh, see Jamal Adams, you yeah. know, with the, the Seahawks and comes back and then he gets knocked out. My goodness. But, uh, Purdy's got some, uh, I, I think increased value as well, even with the, the staggering numbers of Christian McCaffrey. Like, I even just looked, looked at, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but the, you know, like, like on, On Sunday, McCaffrey ends up having 106 yards and three touchdowns and then seven receptions for 71 yards. And you look at, okay, who else had all the receptions? Oh, Josh Jacobs had eight catches. Crazy in that game against the Chargers. But he then just had the 58 yards rushing. And I I know he's not – Christian McCaffrey's not going to get 48 points every single week, but he was basically the best receiving back and the best running back this past week in fantasy football, and he was just one guy crazy
0: it's uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens next with the niners because you have they've got the cowboys this week and then the browns after that that's two very strong defensive matchups uh of course you're not worried about christian mccaffrey in terms of his fantasy output but the other options you do have to wonder right i think that brock purdy does provide uh, a great uh, fantasy quarterback value uh, that's matchup dependent because after that Browns they got the Vikings. and Brock Purdy against the Vikings, I think would be a very strong start. Um, the Bengals, the Bengals defenses look solid, but then you have the Jaguars. I'd I play Brock Purdy there. Uh, so yeah, just just kind of looking at Purdy as a as a matchup dependent quarterback in fantasy, I think will get interesting. and with the receiving options these next couple weeks, you might have to downgrade some of these guys a bit. Um, but of course, you know, Christian McCaffrey's going to be
4: there the whole time. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals, Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
1: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our
0: reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often.
2: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want
7: to go to one other powerhouse, just because we talked about the 49ers, and it is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. I believe that we have uh, some clarity, and I feel that people probably felt that there was clarity after week two with what Philadelphia did with uh, DeAndre Swift. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy to see how DeAndre Swift has taken over the backfield job when he got the one carry in week one. Um, There's a lot going on in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts continues to be Jalen Hurts. Uh, The A.J. Brown saga. I, I've got a lot to say about A.J. Browder. Maybe I'll do it mm. on Wednesday's the podcast. Mm. But for fantasy purposes, <laughs> it's great that he continues to complain because look at at least how the Eagles are, are feeding him. As opposed to what we've got with San Francisco, where I feel McCaffrey takes up a little bit more air in the room. Philadelphia, I think, has the same sort of makeup, if you will. Maybe not you know exact replicas of what they've got. But I don't see anybody taking the hits. Mm. You know, like the quarterback, like Jalen Hurts is a viable starter. If you have A.J. Brown, you've got A.J. Brown that you're starting every single week. You're always starting Devontae Smith. There are weeks where maybe Dallas Goddard ends up being your starting tight end. Um, Maybe that's where the hit comes because DeAndre Swift has been pretty good. And Kenneth Gainwell, you know, not – that guy anymore that maybe we thought could be in the in the preseason but i just think everybody in philadelphia a little bit different uh, than san francisco because all of these guys are feeding right now yeah it
0: makes you wonder as as somebody who took a shot on kenneth gainwell in like the 12th 13th round in one of my drafts uh if he didn't have that injury after week one like man would i be sitting in a good spot because i think that it looked like with not only the way that Gainwell was used week one, but throughout the preseason, that the Eagles were pretty hard set on having Gainwell be their lead back coming into the season. And because of the injury, uh, they had to go fully on DeAndre Swift in that week two, and he looked phenomenal. And so because of that, you can't go back to Kenneth Gainwell, who looked fine in week one. Um, Swift looks like the fastest guy on the field. You want that at your running back, of course. So uh, I think that, gainwell will still get some work because uh, this is just how this team operates there's a reason why they acquired multiple running backs this offseason even though you know i'm including rashad penny in that but he's he's present you know he is employed by the philadelphia eagles so we we mentioned him but uh uh, swift just looks so strong out of the backfield that um, it's gainwell will get touches but it's that is he's a guy who's just kind of a desperation play
7: I'm not trying to to curse anything. Uh, DeAndre Swift does have an injury history, and it's one of the reasons why he's not in Detroit anymore. Mm -hmm. So not as all lost in that scenario. You hope, again, that he stays healthy, but maybe a reason to stash, especially if you actually do have DeAndre Swift on your team Mm -hmm. and you're interested in that handcuff, that may be one that you want to lock up. But Kenneth Gainwell's value uh, dipped uh, with just uh, four carries against Washington. Did have two receptions for a monster seven yards, uh, but uh, DeAndre Swift even taking over those, the four catches uh, that he had in, in that uh, overtime win against the commanders. All right, so there it is. Some some high-powered fantasy talk is week four is in the books. By the way, do you see any value in the New York Giants even if Saquon Barkley comes back, I just have a hard time playing anybody not named Saquon Barkley. It's uh, it, it's so frustrating
0: because as somebody who really bought into the Darren Waller hype coming into this season, um, yeah, that's not been fun to watch. I will continue to play Waller simply because I don't have better options at tight end, um, but like. Uh, I wish I was able to feel good about it because tonight's game was so frustrating because, you know, your Seahawks are now three and one, um, but we can acknowledge like they've been strong fantasy matchups for quarterbacks and uh daniel jones was looking directly at defenders and throwing them the ball like it, it was it was phenomenal. me <laughs> it was insane to watch um yeah like it's i i you can't really i i, I, I hate that i'm gonna have to like continue to buy into darren okay. waller but i don't have much of a choice we okay quick quick ac-
7: Quick exercise, because mm-hmm. you say there's not many t- tight ends out there that you would you would take. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some names mm-hmm. and tell me who you if you would play Waller or play the name that uh-huh. I'm going to give you. Okay, okay, the guy who had the best weekend of any tight end, Cole Komet. Cole Komet oh. or Darren Waller. Who oh, are you going with?
0: Man,
7: uh, I would still go Waller. Really?
0: Yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, because it just, ugh, man, it just okay. feels it feels so wrong. <laughs> but...
7: let, me go, let me go Jake Ferguson of the Cowboys or Darren Waller.
0: i I probably go Ferguson because I, I do really like Jake Ferguson, so I, okay. I, could, I could lean that way. Sam
7: Laporta or Darren Waller? I, I would definitely go Laporta. I think that's yeah, a hard I, one. I, yeah, I think they, I agree as mm-hmm. well. What about Dalton Schultz?
0: After this last week, I, oh man, I guess so.
7: I guess I would go Dalton Schultz because only if <laughs> Devin Singletary's throwing him touchdown passes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, I mean, I still, you know, I, I play matchups so heavily, so like some of these, some of these will be very matchup dependent, but, um, yeah, now that Schultz, because after like the first couple weeks, he just wasn't super involved. But like, I, let's, we'll, we'll wrap this up. I do want to bring up a point about the Texans after this, but that's okay. Uh, that's well,
7: let, let me just put the mm-hmm. fact that you're wavering mm-hmm. on Darren Waller or Dalton Schultz. I mean, like, honestly, if it was the Dalton Schultz of last year, it would be a no brainer. Right. Be Dalton Schultz. Yeah. I don't see any, I, there, there was no concerted effort to get him the football no there, there was nothing like let's scheme anything up against you know the seahawks and and make this this work yeah. at all like yeah. they, there is no rhyme or reason you have no idea on who's getting into the flow of anything mm-hmm. i mean and and so i am i am i would be in sell 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 mode on darren waller mm-hmm. if I, I don't even know what you could get for him. But all, right. all of the names I mentioned, by the way, Bush, I'll just say this, and then you can make your Texans point. Mm. I would take those guys over Darren Waller. Yeah. Every single one that I mentioned.
0: And that's fine. Like, that's, and it's, it's so sad that that is the point that we're at. Hunter like, Henry.
7: Hunter Henry. Oh, geez. He's been good. Yeah. Um, you're getting you're getting you're getting sucked in by the name of Darren Waller. I, I know it's, I really am. I, yeah, I, I, I still are. want
0: to like I want to believe. But um, it's just been so bad. And, and I still believe that they, they have to find a way to like to scheme up more plays for him. Right. But then again, this is what we've said about Kyle Pitts since he came into the NFL. So like, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's painful.
7: It's really bad. (laughs) He was the best guy in the Raiders, and they found ways to get him the football. Yeah, yeah. And he's the best receiver that they have for the Giants. And no offense to my man Paris Campbell or Wandale Robinson (laughs) or Darius Slayton, but those guys are getting the football thrown to them. Yeah, yeah. All right. Do you want want to give your Texans thought before we uh, take a timeout?
0: Um, I think – we have to view Nico Collins as a must start every week now, right like like in in terms of and this is a point just too about the Texans offense in general. Um, Nico Collins seven catches 168 yards and two touchdowns um this is his second gigantic. by the way game. i
7: was saving this for wednesday's pod oh <laughs> yeah completely that's no. okay but go ahead go ahead Do your thing.
0: um but yeah i i think that like obviously like tank dell had the big game the week prior and and collins took a bit of a step back but after this one i i think collins is very clearly the number one in that offense um and cj stroud is just getting better and better every week um that offense as a whole is is now a passing offense that you want pieces of, and I'm looking at like this week with I've got DK Metcalf on by, and my options are Nico Collins, Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, so I I think it's a pretty easy call that I go with Nico
7: Collins there. Yeah, I, I agree. I would only play Adam Thielen if Andy Dalton started. Right,
0: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs>
7: That's I mean, sorry Bryce Young, but that is that is the case. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, no, there's 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 value in Texas. I know Damian Pierce hasn't gotten off to the uh, greatest to start for uh for Houston, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna have a CJ Stroud conversation. Pierce ended up having uh 81 yards in his uh in the game against the Steelers. Still not great per carry. He got 24 carries, but there's a commitment to him, which is good. So you'd like to see that, but yeah, just the uh, the number one guy in Houston for sure, Nico Collins and. And uh, we're going to have a C.J. Stroud discussion coming up on the Wednesday pod of I Want Your Flex. He is Ryan Bershinger. I'm Dan Bayer. All right. Howard's going to join us next. Uh, we're going to break down some waiver wire pickups. Also start to look ahead for week five a little bit. He's Ryan. Mike's coming in. I'm Dan. It's next here on I Want Your Flex.
4: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
1: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As
0: someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking
2: about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: All right, Harmon's here. His show's done. Bursch is here. I'm Dan Byer. Get Mike at Swollen Dome. Ryan at... Ryan Bershinger and me at Dan Byer on Fox. Um, we, we just kind of ended talking about the Giants uh, at the time of this recording. It is late Monday, early Tuesday, depending on, on where you are. And went through the whole Darren Waller value. I, I don't think Darren Waller has much value, Mike. And uh, outside of Saquon Barkley when he's healthy, I mean, I would try to stay so far away from any New York Giant. Um, I couldn't be. I, I, I don't know how far away I'd have to be. Um, but we're talking time zones when it comes to the the New York Giants and the futility that they've showed on offense. Uh,
6: Yeah, Monday night's performance against your Seahawks, Dan, one of the more miserable watching experiences this side of the fourth quarter of the Bears-Denver Broncos game uh, from Sunday, but uh, I digress. Uh, A 35-minute rant about Eberflus will be up uh, in in all my socials uh, by midday Tuesday after I stop frothing at the mouth, but yeah, watching the offense of lines ineptitude, uh, Daniel Jones, as bad as he was, like you keep trying to figure out with these squads, and maybe I'm, I'm overthinking it all of how much of the blame pie goes to each part of the process, right? With no Andrew Thomas, and with Neil looking like a damn turnstile that's nicer than Rodney Harrison, right? Yeah, turnstiles a little nicer, uh, is. You're not getting but one 1,000 or one Mississippi to get rid of the ball before someone's on you. So separation, look, you, you tried to win the receiving core game with Waller and just a numbers game. And none of those guys are difference makers right uh you you would have thought uh, you know the return f- uh, of robinson from injury that maybe you'd see some creativity to get him the ball no uh hyatt is a non-factor hodgins pops up uh, occasionally but not consistently slayton is the same guy we've seen forever waller was supposed to be the difference maker and now he's reduced to just being a guy if you need three receptions and him for, to fall forward the length of his body, great. You're not getting much because you're sure as hell not seeing any red zone opportunities no. with this squad right now. So, you know, I'd, I'd rather go to these more prolific offense and just say, look, this guy may only get two targets, but one of them's in the red. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's just a dismal spot. And the number of horror stories of I needed this from Daniel Jones. Like, sorry. Just sorry. Sorry. Was I was going up effort. against
7: I was going up against Waller in one of my leagues, thank goodness. So I was not only was I enjoying it as a Seahawk fan, I did have some late game stats to follow. But the great thing that you just did, Mike, is I would even add Paris Campbell to the list. Yeah. Like we all know the names. Sure. Sterling Shepard caught long, a pass yeah. on on Monday night. Like we could go, <laughs> what? we could go seven deep in terms of the Giants' weapons, but then we're zero for seven for any fantasy value on them. Yeah, and the like plus side for them
6: is, is um, you know they only had, they held the Seahawks to seventeen points on offense.
7: Yeah, with 80% I mean, of their offensive line missing.
6: Yeah, I mean, take take yeah. that for what, yeah. what it's worth. I mean, it's, <laughs> hey, man, Pyrrhic victories, man. Pyrrhic victories. <laughs> right, no. Oh. But, you know, like Geno Smith and whatever. I mean, Kenneth Walker got his touchdown run to to save you there, and and the numbers were fine. Oh, in the second half, he put on a couple of good runs to start giving you some numbers. But, yeah, over, overall, Monday night football is uh, forgettable, leading us to uh, – Bears Washington on
4: Thursday. Oh yeah. man! Yeah. <laughs> you know what? that
7: game sucks so much. I'm going to let you guys just do the preview for it for the Thursday pod. <laughs> Thanks, will uh, Just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll duck out on on that one. Um, <laughs> I, I do want, I do want, I do want to bring up this point, and then we'll get into your waiver wire. Um, was in a tight game this sweet Guillotine. I got chopped. It's my own fault. I had the worst oh, backfield. No. And well, I, I, I Played Cordero Patterson. That's how That's how, That's how. how bad it got, Mike, that I needed to find a running back. So, size,
6: size of those uh, squads, man. That's tough.
7: Yeah, it is. Uh, if I would have played Gary Brightwell instead of Cordero Patterson, I w- actually would have advanced. But that's a completely different story. I did have Justin Herbert on my team. Mm. And I'm curious on what you guys thought of Brandon Staley not only running a quarterback sneak on fourth and one, With with Justin Herbert and his broken finger that had, you know, a huge, huge brace on it. But also, he had to take – he was taking knees out of the pistol because they weren't putting him under center. Like, it was – he lost 10 yards of offense because they were were snapping the ball in the pistol formation so Justin Herbert could take a knee. I mean – Dude, get put Easton Stick out there. You know, like this. We touched on the, the Sunday show quickly, but my goodness, like, and it's not foreign that you could lose a fantasy game because your guy ends up, um, you know, uh, you know, taking a knee. But dang, it just, you know, you probably lost a full point if you had Justin Herbert.
0: I do think about that every time I see quarterbacks kneel. I think there is one person somewhere who is going to lose their fantasy game because of these kneel downs. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've felt that way for a long time. Like, I think that uh, th- these can't count against rushing numbers. It's just, it's it's not cool. And for a league that is, like, it, obviously, now with, with gambling as well, like, you have to think, like, they have to actively uh, be better about, uh, or at least... Institute something that says these are not rushing yards. Like there, there has to be a way where, where, like, did you lose a a bet on
6: his total? There,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was fine. Like I was, I was fine. But, but yeah, no. It's uh, Justin Herp. They had to bring out the long snapper practically to to, to, for for Herbert's kneel downs. Like it was,
7: it was. It was normally
6: not a guy that does quarterback sneaks either, right? So I (laughs) mean, just a a weird convergence of events. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of things when you have the regulation and, and expansion of gambling, little things like that that probably need another look-see in terms of how they're going to be evaluated. Because you know there's going to be some sportsbook that says, you know what, we don't count kneel downs. And then it's going to cause yeah. a fewer pure... You know, mm-hmm. it's like all the yeah. dopes that say we're going to give you your money back because of some incident, right? Aaron Rodgers gets hurt on the fourth play. Let's give you your money back. It's like, no! right? It's the cost of doing business. He got hurt on yeah. the field. Yeah. Right? I well, mean, once the game kicks off, it's done, <laughs> at least in my mind. But it, I get it. You're trying to curry favor against a billion operators out there and and get some customer loyalty. But, yeah, this yes. is one that I would imagine gets a, gets a little bit of a look-see. Do,
7: do you know, by the way, on that topic, do you know the weird looks I get on my face when I go and cash in a lottery ticket and go, I'll just take the cash? <laughs> like they, 95% of the time, they just expect you to buy more tickets. Roll it over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or lay like, it, baby. All right. You got 20 bucks. You're like, I'll just take the cash. They're like, what? Don't you just want like, you know, 4 or $5 tickets? They look at me like I'm an alien when I say that. <laughs> it's like, we don't so have what to do. So that's the why these sports books do it. No one's like, you know what? I'm going to take my $10 Aaron Rodgers bet and I'm going to put that back in my wallet. <laughs> nope. They're like, let's just put it right back in. Yeah. Time for a Zach Wilson prop to lay that baby out. There
6: you go. It's available as a credit to you right away.
7: (laughs) Is Zach Wilson a waiver wire uh, pickup for week five? I didn't
6: quite go that far. I mean, you know, desperation does sometimes make for strange bedfellows here in fantasy football. But week five, uh, we're not quite there yet. Although against Denver... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's like <laughs> i mean you watch what justin fields was able to do uh cole Komet coming up big and it but here's the question for the jets outside of garrett wilson if we're going to play the outside of this guy what are we doing with the squad i mean who's who's catching the ball for him
7: yeah <laughs>
8: Right, I
6: mean, you know, they add up. There's one here, two there, three there, whatever. And Denver's defense is is just an absolute train wreck. They got bailed out uh, by a dopey call that was sniffed out by anybody with half a, half a brain watching the game, uh, putting Fields in trouble for that scoop, uh, you know, sack, fumble, return for a touchdown, and then the interceptions, miscommunication between. Comet and Fields where if Comet doesn't cut off his route, it hits him square in the numbers and you know, move those chains. But uh ifs and buts and all of those things when you're snake bitten, you're snake bitten. But for the Jets, I think there's an opportunity. Maybe Zach, if you if you want to get a, a little bit frisky. I'd be looking at that Thursday game, Sam Howell. The Bears are gonna have no fight coming out, out, out after that loss and how fractured that locker room is. Eberflus fielded 20 questions about why Chase Claypool wasn't around. Is he coming back? All of those things as opposed to, let's take some positives out of you know this situation and what Justin did in the game, or let's talk about the train wreck that was the fourth quarter. It was all about Chase Claypool. And then he goes, alright, let's get to the injury report. There are no injury updates. Like, what the hell? <laughs> you carved it out. It's the most insane thing I've seen. Uh, he's got a bye week this week, but long-term, Baker Mayfield uh, owned only in 18% of leagues. Uh, Rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud, is still available in more than 50% of leagues uh, as we sit here. Uh, that game against the Steelers did not go anyway, uh, shape, or form near what I expected. How, about, how many times do you say that a, a Steelers team under Mike Tomlin came out and had no heart?
7: Yeah, Might very, be it's a very, very rare rarely rarely. Yes. You know?
6: and, and to watch his reaction, I'm like, we'll see what kind of movement uh follows, pickets banged up, whatever else. So could be my guy Mitchell Trubisky's time. Not telling you to pick him up for fantasy, but just, you know, uh, I do still have my shirzy uh out there. But uh for Stroud, he's been fantastic. Now it's just Nico Collins, Tank Dell, uh both available in about 20 to 25% of leagues. So maybe take a look and see if anybody's still been asleep uh, in your league. Desperation's a stinky cologne, as we know. Uh, Brita doesn't do much, but had a big catch and run uh, in Monday night. And Saquon's still a question mark. Look, we're looking for able-bodied running backs at this point just where you might be able to steal a couple of carries. So Brita makes the list. And really, uh, according uh, on running backs, that's about it. Like everybody else is rostered uh, at this point, more than 50% that would be on the radar right now. Wide receivers, uh, you know, you're looking at Palmer uh, of the Chargers. But they have a bye week, so not immediate help for you there. Jamison Williams, because he's coming back off suspension, uh, at least worth a stash. He's available in two-thirds of leagues. Uh, Michael Wilson is intriguing, as is Terrence Marshall, two guys that are virtually unowned in weird situations, weird potential opportunities for both. Again, we're looking for uh, where we might be able to find some volume. Wilson already with 14 catches had a big week uh, this last week. And then you get to the tight ends, the aforementioned commits uh, available in about half the leagues, as is Jake Ferguson. Why? Because I just want yep. to say the name Jake Ferguson.
7: Well, you know, Bursch did pick Jake Ferguson – over Darren Waller in our tight end showdown.
6: I'd get on board that.
7: Mm-hmm. But uh, do you have second thoughts about your Comet wavering, Bursch? Um, uh, you still would take Darren Waller over Cole Komet?
0: That's that's the that's the tough one. I, I think I would still need to see a non-Broncos game from, <laughs> <It's fair. laughs> from Cole Komet. Yeah, I mean, I'm not banking <laughs> on
6: the touchdowns, but yeah. there's at least – an effort mm. to get him the ball. Right. right. And with DJ Moore probably going to see the safety floating over his way forevermore because <laughs> they actually pushed the ball downfield. Yeah. Go figure.
0: Yeah. And with Komet, I mean, I do think about like it, the second half of last season, he was great. So, he like, he did have
6: that month. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I can definitely see him being a strong fantasy tight end week in and week out. I'm just, um,
7: I don't know. You I'm hate grass- my Bears. Draws with that's all
6: it is, Dan. He hates the Bears. <laughs> the bears.
7: And he's not wrong. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. I'm still stung from last year. I got eliminated in the survivor pool because of what Justin Fields did to the Patriots on Monday Night Football. And uh, still, still fuming from that one. So I'm not ready to count out those Bears Thursday night against the Commanders. You never know. Maybe the short week is going to help them because they'll be around each other less. Maybe that's going to be the the positive spin on it who knows. Short uh, short week road game though usually doesn't fare well for uh for most teams and usually poor teams don't handle those weeks well. But uh yeah, I'll let you guys handle Bears commander. Just a
6: vote uh, of no preview. confidence for me, Dan. That's kind of where <laughs> yeah, I am. You so. couldn't you had 48 hours to script a response as to why this guy that you traded for wasn't with your team and won't be with your team. And you fumbled it enough and tried to lie enough that it took 20 questions before it was finally no moss. And guess what? At no point did they wave it saying last question. They let him flail out there like he was a fish (laughs) being brought onto a boat
7: oh man but hey the good news is the cubs didn't make the playoffs so you've got that, that is a
6: big win that's my goddamn buyer. he knows where my heart is
7: oh all right that's a perfect way to end it uh for ryan Bershinger and mike harman Harmon and i are going to be back on wednesday burst is going to be here as well uh hanging out uh talking texans talking miami dolphins uh yeah just talking all things nfl and fantasy football so we hope you join us then But until next time have a good one here and i want your thoughts